Hi. It is time. It's time. Dun, 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 dun. I'm Ollie. I'm from near Philadelphia. I'm Cinna. I'm from within Ohio. <gasps> the whole state, you'll never guess. Mm, who knows? <laughs> and we are Backlist and Chill. <laughs> Eric Guitar. <laughs> Doing it. Can't hear it, <laughs> but it's happening. <laughs> Ah, here at Backlist and Chill, we like to read old books. Yep. And then we like to talk about old books. Also, yep. While we drink. Yes. <laughs> it makes it all worth it. <laughs> Every part of this is sacred. Nothing is better than another. Right? The reading is good. The talking is good. The drinking is good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this time we are entering season five yeah episode one the secret circle by lj smith mm -hmm. the initiation yeah at least that title makes some fucking sense yeah and the next one does too i mean given what this one does so you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah that yeah. makes sense now i understand it yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, good. it's good it's all good we're all good they're getting more relevant uh, finally <laughs> so what are you drinking today or should i go first i'm assuming yours is more fancy than mine uh, it's got more stuff in it. Fancy, questionable, but you go ahead. What are you, what are you drinking in celebration of our witch books, Ollie? Okay, so you know that I always drink this absinthe stuff because it's basically what I have in the house and we're still in the midst of the pandemic. Mm, the pandemic. Capitalized. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not a fun board game anymore. <laughs> it's and... never a fun board game. <laughs> I love that board game. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking pandemic slam. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what I have in my house right now is uh -huh. two bottles of fucking absinthe. And because I don't drink except for this podcast, I'm going to have it for a while. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so normally I like to drink my absinthe with some lime juice and some simple syrup. But here's the thing. Because I'm not so secretly kind of witchy. Yes. I recently plucked like... A giant bowl's worth of lilac blooms from the lilac bush. And I had fucking five cups of lilac blooms that I then turned into lilac simple syrup. Damn, dog. Yeah, I gave two of the jars to a friend and I kept one of the jars for myself. So I feel it's vaguely witchy to use my homemade lilac simple syrup. Yeah, for sure. Very long process. <laughs> so that's what I have. We've got our licorice lime lilac flavored drink here. It's so pretty. It is pretty. Thank you. I sent you the picture. Mm -hmm. And uh, then when I mixed it up, it still is really pretty. And like, I couldn't tell in the jar that I keep the syrup mm -hmm. um, how purple it is until it's, it's like mixed purple. in there. Right? It's so pretty. And it is. It's so good. It feels like the kind of drink that I want to be, and I hate the beach, but I want to be at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be at the beach drinking this in the shade, obviously, because I'm pasty as fuck. <laughs> uh, and reading a book. Mm -hmm. Not not probably this book, but probably this book, because it's set at a beach town. So. <laughs> so I'm super in love with this drink. I think it's delicious. I wish it was easier to make lilac syrup. For sure. So that everybody could enjoy it. I don't have a name for it. Maybe we can name it something from the book at some point. Okay. 
So yeah, that's just my my triple L's going on here. It's so good and I love it and I wish you could try it. What? Uh, yeah, I can't even imagine like what the fuck lilac tastes like. So that's it's um, a mystery. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like not not a lot of people will be able to imagine this drink. So mm-hmm. imagine blueberries, but tone them down and a little bit more of a green flavor. So like if you've ever had green tea or something like that, or or like matcha. So like that. So it's like a blueberry matcha hmm. flavor. I'm probably wrong for a lot of people. Other people try lilac and be like, oh, there's nothing like it. But for me, those are the closest comparisons. <laughs> well, I'm glad you found something fun to drink. Me too. Because otherwise I was just going to drink. The- <laughs> More absinthe. Totally. Absinthe right. again. Just absinthe. But absinthe always. Always, always. No, I think this is cool. This is, this is on theme. They talk a lot about herbs and shit hmm. in this book. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, this is very Laurel of you, Ollie. Mm, thank you, thank you. Yes, I was thinking that. I was like, oh, hey, you know, and I'll take a picture outside near the rose bush. You can't see the roses in it because they're not totally in bloom. But I was just like, whatever. It's a fucking rose bush. It's a very pretty picture. Thank you. Tell me about your drink. Uh, So mine is not as wholesome sounding as yours. <laughs> so I found a drink called a Salem Witch. <gasps> yeah, it was very exciting. It is... Melon liqueur. Mm. It is raspberry liqueur. Mm. It is sweet and sour. It Mm. is vodka. Mm -hmm. It is, what was the last thing? Grenadine and club soda. What? This sounds like a fun drink. It tastes like a melted popsicle. (laughs) (laughs) It is very melted popsicles. It's a melted sour popsicle and I love (sighs) it. I bet you could make some delicious, like, slushy out of that. Ooh, I bet, I bet. Yeah, it's very good. There's a lot of ice in there. I'm trying not to, like, knock it back. Mm Because there's a lot of liqueur in here. Yeah, that's my problem with my drink, too, where it's just like, oh, it's so delicious. Mm. It's like, don't do it. It's so much Mm. booze. And I haven't had anything to drink in a while, so I need that moisture. Oh, no, you're thirsty. I am thirsty. It tastes so good. We'll see what happens. Anyway. So it sounds great. Yes, it's a Salem witch. If you have the money for all yeah. of those different liqueurs, which actually wasn't that expensive. It was like 20 bucks for like five different liqueurs. So That's not too bad. And no, you have plenty terrible. left over. Yeah, exactly. I can make so many of these. You should definitely make like a goddamn pitcher of it. I might. This summer and just mm. fucking eat it with a spoon. Yep. But yeah, it's very good. So recommended. Awesome. Thumbs up. Both of our drinks. Very good. Yeah, we are living our best secret circle life. We are, ironically enough. So, the book. The book. You know how I normally pop on over to Goodreads and we we get to debate about how bad a blurb may be? Uh-huh. I want to read you the blurb that is on the initial edition. Like the it's, 92 it, edition? Yeah, because okay. it's just a goddamn sentence. I love it. Do it. Now. Go. <laughs> All right. The Initiation, Secret Circle Number 1 by L.J. Smith. Cassie is initiated into her hometown's coven of witches, but her love for the coven leader's boyfriend could prove deadly. Can I tell you how much I hate that it managed to have a spoiler? (laughs) One sentence. (laughs) I know, right? Because, like, listen, that is the premise of the series. Yes, that is what, when you boil this down and make a secret circle syrup, that's what it is. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, right like that is a very good synopsis yeah sure yeah one sentence amazing 
amazing. Super love it for a synopsis. If I needed to pitch the series to someone, go for it. <laughs> blurb. Oh no, it's terrible. It's so bad. Like, you don't even fucking learn his name. Now granted, like, you know, how early on could I guess? Right. And... <laughs> But, like, you don't even, you don't even, like, meet him again until, like, the last, I don't know, maybe three quarters. It might be even later. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> this fucking world. I love it. You had one job, Secret Circle back. One job. And you had you 20 words. It. Spoil this book in 20 words or less. <laughs> LJ L. Smith couldn't have more money because they needed to save money on printing, so they only got 20 <laughs> words. Right. Like, listen, you see this cover? So many colors. (laughs) Right? Oh, my goodness. Uh, All right, but now I'm going to read you the real one that's on the back of my book. The real one. Uh, Well, I mean, the longer spoilery one. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. The one with more spoilers. (laughs) Uh, It's more like it does a worse job because it does it in more words, therefore. (laughs) It takes longer to spoil me. Because, like, there's, like, a more, there's more of a chance I may actually be like, oh, okay, I'm sold on this before finishing in the blurb. And therefore, I might stop and be like, oh, okay, I'm already hooked. I'm not going to read more of it. Fair. I don't want to get spoiled. Which I've been, honestly, I've been doing lately with books. Yeah, well, yeah, because you can't trust them. No, because everyone is awful. So there's so many books where it's, like, if it's in a series, so, like, I super love Shada McGuire's October Day series. I don't read the fucking back of the books anymore because I don't want to know because it's going to spoil something. But other books, if I'm potentially curious, I'll read like one sentence, maybe two, mm-hmm. and then be like, all right, we're good. You no, that's fair. That's one fair. To pitch it. Yeah. All right. So before I read this longer one, is your book the omnibus like mine or is yours an individual book? Uh, So yeah, this is like the only L.J. Smith series I don't own. I have like the last book. How stupid is that? It's all ripped up. Yeah, so no, I had to buy this. I had to buy the Kindle edition, which is the Ooh. newer version of the bind-up that you have. So I don't even know what the back of that looks like because it's on my phone. Oh my goodness. All right, well then, I'm going to just smell the book. Oh yeah, do it for me. All right, so this book, the one that I have, is from 2008. It is not as glossy of okay. the paper. Uh, as some of the other books that we've read where we've been like, God damn it, why? It doesn't smell like anything. Oh, okay, yeah. So this one, it's not quite at that mm, book smell, but I do believe in its ability to become that. The paper, because <laughs> the paper feels porous, you know, like you yeah. touch it. Yeah. And like some of the pages are starting to get, like not yellow, but you look at the edge and you're like, yeah, that is a darker color than the paper on the inside and things like that. So it's like, it has a scent, but it's it's like clearer than the normal, like vanilla earth scent of books. Okay. So it needs some time to steep like a wine. It will get better with age. Give it another 10 years. Throw it on the shelf. We'll Let see it just what sit happens. there. Gather some dust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dust Suck. is very important. It really is. It really is. <laughs> so yeah. So my my copy is older. It's from when borders still existed. So. Aww. I know. All right. So there's the wait, book wait. smell update. What? I need you to know. Yeah. Mine smells like plastic. <laughs> anyway, my interruption is done. You're beautiful. I love you. All right. 
the circle's power has lured her home. Mm. Forced to move from sunny California to gloomy New England, <coughs> Cassie longs <laughs> for her old life. Even so, she feels a strange kinship to a terrifying group of teens who seem to rule her school. Initiated into the coven of witches that's controlled New Salem for hundreds of years, she's drawn into the secret circle, a thrill that's both intoxicating and deadly. But when she falls for the mysterious and intriguing Adam, Cassie must choose whether to resist temptation or risk dark forces to get what she wants, even if it means that one wrong move could ultimately destroy her. Gasp. So that's, like, way more dramatic than this book actually is. It is. And it's very hard to sell this book without spoiling it because everything is a spoiler. Cassie doesn't know shit. <laughs> Witches don't even fucking come up until, like, she's in the goddamn circle. Right. It's So it's, it's very hard. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I'm not mad. Whatever. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> it's like, you had a hard job, blurb writer. Yeah. And, like, it. it is unfortunate because I do feel like the first bit about, like, leaving my her old life, feeling, you know, drawn into this group who seems to rule the school, because that is very weird. Yeah, um, really. That's a good opening pitch if I, like, knew this book was about witches. Yeah. But if I was just, you know, it's the year 1992, and that was the only blurb, and then wham, there's witches, that would be <laughs> disappointing. I'd be like, they didn't mention any witches on the back. What the that's fuck? That's fair. That's fair. So, like, I get it. I just wish there was more hints to it, because, like, we've just finished reading the first couple sweep books, mm -hmm. and we knew about witches, like, the moment fucking What's-His-Name showed up, being like, hello, I'm a witch, come to my yeah. circle. <laughs> Hi, I'm Cal, this is what this book is Cal. about. Witches. <laughs> witches, everyone. Let's learn. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll get into, like, the pacing and stuff, but this is, it. Yeah. it's harder, because it's, it's not hard. a serialized sweep. Yeah, yeah, so... That's the blurb, and I've got mixed feelings. Yeah. Yup. You want to talk about the cover? I do so much. You don't Ooh. even understand. So like I said, the newest reprint of the Omnibus is the one that I got off Kindle, and it was rebranded to look like the sequel books that came out that were written by the ghostwriter, mm. which is to say it is extremely bland. <laughs> um, it's not in line with like the half face the way yours is. Okay. Oh, I want to see your picture then. I will link you because I highly recommend, as usual, that everybody go to ljscovers.insanitysandwich.com to wow. take a look at these amazing covers because oh every single cover for Secret Circle is a fucking blessing. Oh, look at these Forbidden Game ones on the... Oh, I know. We'll get to Forbidden Game, baby. But... I'm excited. Uh, I want to direct your attention to the 1994 German cover, which looks like a lesbian vampire porno, and I'm super yeah, it here does. for it. That's beautiful. Everybody click. <laughs> yes, everybody everybody, go look at these covers. They're so cool. The UK yeah. reprint is really pretty. The classic is classic. <laughs> it's got some choice illustrations, and unfortunately, the classic cover is how I picture everybody in my head. Oh, it causes so problems. White. They <laughs> and their faces are not not good. No. So which uh year was yours? 
Uh, so the one that I have is all the way down at the bottom. It's the one with the like purple filigree. It's like a, a white girl with brown hair staring intensely at the camera. And it has some purple filigree around the edges and some bland typeface that says Secret Circle. Oh, okay. That's a pretty cover. Yeah, it's not terrible. Like, color-wise, it's nice. Yeah. Mine looks like um all of the Vampire Diaries ones mm-hmm. that I had in the omnibus form as well. We mm-hmm. got a half face, don't even really get a hint of hair, and blue eyes, so I don't even remember if Cassie has blue eyes. I think she does, yeah. I think I she don't does. I, maybe, but like in my head she was brown hair, brown eyes, so meh. But she's got, this girl has lipstick on, and it's very nicely done lipstick, where it's like it is an, nice. a dark edge. So, like, clearly, like, a little bit of lip liner and then the color in the center. And so, therefore, I'm like, well, then, it's probably not Cassie, but they probably want (laughs) it to be Cassie. But she just doesn't strike me as the type to, if she's wearing makeup, which I don't think she ever mentions wearing makeup, I can't see her being like, lip liner first. (laughs) And certainly not such a dramatic color. Yeah, like, it's way more of a fey color, but... I don't think Faye has blue eyes. No, she doesn't, in fact. She's got, like, honey honey brown. She got them gold eyes. Yeah. So, I don't know who the fuck they thought they were putting on this cover, but that's mine. I did get some props because the, from afar at least, from the thumbnail, mm-hmm. her, her face shape and the kind of generally vacant expression <laughs> looks a little <laughs> bit like the one on the original illustration. So, you know what? Good face matching person. <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. Oh my gosh. Looking at the original one where it's like, my eyes are so green. My eyes are so gold. My eyes are so blue. Damn. Actually, it's really cool looking at the original one. Exclusive but deadly. (laughs) They're fun. They're very fun. Yeah. And they got everybody on there. Yeah. Like there's Diana with her, her cool outfit from the circle and... I don't know. It's just, it's neat. They all look like they're 20, but... Yeah, I like, uh, Faye has got some fucking cheekbones. Hell yeah. Look at that. She's a fucking model. Yeah, that's, those are good, good cheekbones, good lips. Nice job you on Faye. You are way too skinny to be the Faye that is in my head. <laughs> all right, I'm ready to chat about it now that we've discussed these things. Cool covers. Everybody go check them out. Yes, please do. And Sandy Sandwich is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. Gather round, children. Get ready to hear the tale of Cassie Blake, a very shy person. She's so shy. One personality trait, that trait is shy. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets one. <laughs> There's too many, okay? <laughs> I mean, listen, this cast is pretty sprawling. 13 people, that's a lot. Or 12 people. 13 at least, though, and then parents and whatnot. That's true. So it opens with her on vacation in Massachusetts, as Ollie's blurb explained. That they were in New England. She's on Cape Cod. She's doing an L.J. Smith visiting the coast. (laughs) I do want to direct everybody's attention to the first line of this book, which is amazing and is kind of our ridiculous thesis statement, (laughs) which is, it wasn't supposed to be this hot and humid on Cape Cod. Cassie had seen it in the guidebooks. Everything was supposed to be perfect here. Like Camelot. (laughs) Who? Who? Who thinks what? 
Who thinks Camelot's perfect? Who just references Camelot casually as like a destination vacation? Like, question mark, Cassie. It was supposed to be perfect here, like heaven. Like the Caribbean. As as we discussed (laughs) in our previous episode, this is her Camelot retelling, kind of. It's not. It's not. It's not. (laughs) But I I guess like that puts that line in a little bit more context, but also like, woof. Way to just fucking shoehorn that in. I know. It's very awkward. Anyway. However, I would have given this a pass had Cassie been very hype about Arthurian lore. Or mentioned it ever again. Or anything that she was interested in before she became a witch. (laughs) At least Morgan told us she liked science. Cassie tells us nothing. No. (laughs) Anyway. uh, So she's out for a walk with a snobby rich girl named Portia. (laughs) Of course. Of course. They're out walking on the beach and they have a run in with a working class. Ew. A poor. (laughs) So uh, she and Cassie snub this boy and Cassie feels real bad about it. She doesn't want to snub him. She doesn't want to. And and the the boy's dog comes up and it kind of breaks the, the snub moment. The dog's like, fuck you, you want to pet me. Right? The dog's like, class knows no borders with canines. (laughs) He's a very uh, good dog. They have an awkward encounter in which Portia sort of clocks the guy as mm, something. What's that guy? That guy's weird. We never learn why she can do that. Which No, it's it just sort of goes away. I guess when you live in New England, you just pick the shit up. Oh God, what was it? It was like a podcast or something where somebody was saying that like, when you're in New England, you just learn to identify witches or some dumb shit. I grew up in New England. I can't fucking do that. You know what I can figure out? Yeah. I got real good gaydar. <laughs> well, maybe you got that instead. Everybody else has witch dar. <laughs> Shit, I didn't know it was one and done. Yeah, sorry. Well, as we have discussed, gays and witchcraft, so basically the same thing. Okay, yeah, fair. anyway so portia notices that there's something weird about that guy so she runs off to get her brothers and cassie wanders off by herself grateful to be rid of portia's company and as she is wandering around moping as cassie is apt to do the boy comes running up and cassie's like hey dude what you running from (laughs) and he's like uh yeah some guys are after me and she's like portia's brothers those guys are real dicks (laughs) and he's like uh yeah probably so cassie hides him and when the guys come by she's like he went of that away the guys don't you lying to me they do they're like they sense cassie's lie because when you live in new england you also can detect lies oh that's cool man i missed out on so much shit we get nothing in the southwest (laughs) you get what sunsets (laughs) i guess we do get a higher tolerance for heat for a little bit okay there you go that wears off pretty quickly (laughs) honestly anyway so he like literally twists her arm like he gets real aggro with cassie yeah i don't know why she hung out with this girl no i don't either i guess like maybe she's the only like they don't even explain how she knows her they're just hanging out for the summer i would not no i feel like (laughs) peace i'm gonna go lay on the beach by myself it honestly gave me insight into Cassie's character to be like, some girl just saw you and was like, you're my little patsy now, let's go. And you were like, I guess I can't say no. No, that's fair. This, that is very Cassie. She's kind of a doormat. Yep. And she does get adopted by people. <laughs> so he's yeah. like, where'd he go? Where'd he go for real? And she's like, please believe this lie I'm telling you. She rolls pretty decent on her bluff check. And so they wander yeah. away. Uh, And the boy comes out and he's like, wow, you like 
got hurt for me. That's pretty cool. And he gives her a piece of chalcedony? Chalcedony? Oh, chalcedony, apparently. Chalcedony. Okay, sure. So he gives her a chalcedony, and he says, if you ever need me, just hold on to this and think about my handsome face. And then he kisses her hand, and they have a connection. Where there's, like, silver cords running to their hearts. Time stops, and they see each other in the third person, and they stop breathing, and they feel each other's hearts. Uh, but then he leaves. I should run. (laughs) Yep, they might come back later, dog. And Cassie's like, well, I fell in love. Okay, and I need to pause us here Uh just so I can be mad. Sure. Because... I super think it is absolutely fine, typical, this happens, where it's like, oh, you met, like, a cute stranger, and you had, like, a five-second interaction, you know, and you're just like, I can imagine you for a very long time, I got a lot of good, you know, out of this interaction, and wouldn't it be great if we ever saw each other again? Mm -hmm. I can't, even from a teenage perspective, Mm -hmm. get behind the insta-love soulmate bullshit, Mm. and the ways in which he constantly comes up, and she's just like was this one boy over the summer whom you interacted with for less than a total of five minutes truth and like when we get into later stuff where she's so angst about her feelings Mm -hmm. and not revealing said feelings Mm -hmm. when it's like all you had to do is be like we met and i helped him not get beat up and i thought he was super fucking cute and i thought maybe if i ever saw him again i would tell him that that was it Mm -hmm. Instead, it's a big, huge deal. This is the fundamental flaw of this story. Like, yes, it's it's a big problem. It could have uh, not been. She could have just been like, oh, this happened. But then I met him again. And I was like, uh, I've got to squash my feelings. And then be like, fuck, the more I know him, the more I like him. Yeah. So, I mean, we dealt with this a little bit in Vampire Diaries, right? Where Elena mm-hmm. and Stefan have their instant connection and they have to because otherwise the plot train don't run. <laughs> But this doesn't need the goddamn plot train is the problem. No, that that is the problem because in Vampire Diaries, Elena and Stefan were the plot train. Yeah. This has other stuff that it can do, but it's chosen to make Adam and Cassie really integral to the drama of probably the trilogy and it doesn't float. No. The ship does not sail. It doesn't work. Because we we are not allowed to have the gay... Oh, we'll get there. Trust yep. me. We'll get yep, there. Yep, I'm ready. Okay. All right. So. Thank you. Unpause. <laughs> Cassie is all set to go back to California. She's like, fuck this place. Fuck everybody here. I want to go back Portia. to the West Coast. Hell yeah. They're prepping to go back. Her mother's like, mm, sorry, hun. We're actually moving <laughs> here. <laughs> Nan's real sick. Yeah. And listen, I'm going Cassie's side here. That's extremely rude. Like. Yeah. You can't just spring this on somebody, especially a kid like Cassie, who, like, clearly has issues with people. Right? I would assume that as if I were her mother, that the idea of looking at my, my little daughter and being like, she's so fucking shy and she's got a couple friends, but it's like three friends and... She's been friends with for a long time, hasn't made new yeah. ones. Exactly. It's like, it's not like she's got a million friends and she's so popular and outgoing. She likes to hang out with her friends and that's it. I'm going to basically ruin her life. It sucks, but it plot sucks because the mom is doing this on purpose. So them's the breaks when you're a YA heroine, you know? (laughs) And honestly, I thought that the mom was saying, oh, the grandmother's sick, but that I was getting uh, some silver kiss vibes. I was like, is the mom so sick? You know? 
Yeah, she immediately gets sick once they get to the grandma's house. Yeah. yeah. Well, and even before that, some of the descriptions of the mother made her sound like she was secretly dying and not telling Cassie. <laughs> right. So Cassie and her mom, like, slam all their shit in the car. And like, they... the next day, which is great. Goodbye, Portia. But they get to the grandmother's house, right? And Cassie, like, describes it as they're going up the road. She's like, oh, that's a pretty house. That's a pretty house. Is it this one? Is it that one? No, they're getting they're, worse, mom. Stop driving the car. <laughs> Please slow down. Please, God, slow down. Until they get to the end of the lane. And, like, the worst house. So decrepit. Such stripped paint. Very terrible. So bad. I felt so bad for her because I have done that, too. Oh. So they pull up to this terrible house and Cassie just like bursts out crying. She's like, no, I hate it. I want to go back to California. And for a minute, her mom is like, I'm sorry. No, you're right. Let's go. You're right. It's awful here. Let's leave. This is terrible. I left for a reason because she says her mother and her grandmother are estranged, you know, so like there's history here. Yeah. She hasn't seen like Cassie's never met her grandmother before. Yeah. So then the grandmother opens the door and the mother sees the grandmother and she's like, fuck <sighs> no we're here <laughs> i just hadn't looked her in the eye yeah so like in that moment i was like i know what this series is about but like you get a flash of like a darker story of like generational trauma and like controlling mothers and shit yeah i definitely felt for cassie and cassie's mother because like clearly she got out and then can't escape and that is like my worst nightmare <laughs> yeah. And you, you know, you get this ominous vibe. Like, what is this grandmother about? Mm-hmm. And the next couple chapters sure don't make her sound any better. Right? So uh, they, they go into the house. The grandmother sets Cassie up in a pretty room. Oh, I super appreciate that the grandmother was like, I hope you like pink. And then Cassie wasn't like, I hate pink. Yeah. She was instead <laughs> like, oh, it's a really pretty dusty rose. And I'm like, thank you for not just being every other YA heroine. <laughs> right. No, Cassie's pretty, pretty chill about it. And like the grandmother is trying, right? She's like, I gave yes. you the good room. The one where the roof isn't falling. You've got, in. you know, nice windows. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying. This is where we get our fundamental difference, right, between Cassie and, like, Elena fucking Gilbert. Because we can't not compare these. Well, of course not. I-, I messaged you saying how I liked her instantly better. Mm-hmm. And you were like, that's because the first thing she does is an act of empathy. Right. She, like, sees this kid that everybody's, like, telling her to be snobby about. And she's like, yeah. no, I'm going to help you. Instantly like you so much more. Right. And we see it again here where she's like, her grandmother is just like this old, like very ugly woman. She's like kind of bent over all the time. Her hair is like, I don't know, just imagine it as gray and wiry yeah. and all over the place. Like a very typical witch. Like a, a crone. Yes. Yeah. And Cassie's like, well, but she's so nice and I hope people look past it. Right. She has a line about how like grandmothers should have comfy laps and like fat wallets or something. <laughs> That killed me. It was a very good line. And then she looks at her grandmother and it's like, wah, wah. <laughs> but then she's like, no, I have to look past that. I, She's my grandmother. And yeah. so she forces herself to like, just to like give her a shot, basically. Yeah. That's not anything Elena Gilbert would have done. No, like Cassie is making herself be empathetic and it's nice. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you, Cassie. Thank you, Cassie. You're a nice kid. <laughs> she is a nice kid. So she sort of explores the neighborhood, and as she's walking around, she sees a very pretty Victorian house. And in the window of that pretty Victorian house is her lesbian crush, a pretty girl. I might be by. Every time she sees or talks to or talks about Diana, 
It is mm-hmm. exploding with gay. I know. Like, if, if Cassie was, like, a boy. Yes. Holy fuck. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I want that story. I want Cassie to be a boy, a shy boy who had like a nice interaction with another boy where he was like, oh my God, we're so connected, but, but, but gay, but, but, mm." and then for him to fall in love with Diana and then be like, oh no, I'm bi. (laughs) (laughs) And Polly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really. But, but also this, this is fine too. If they would just fucking like... Oh, I'm trying to look for some of the fucking words. Oh, I've got page numbers. Oh, please. Because you had told me that this one was the gayest yes. of the L.J. Smith books. And even knowing that, going in and expecting it, mm-hmm. I was floored. Yep. She says it. She says yeah. she loves them. Like Yeah. And the descriptions, she's not even holding back. She's just open with how much she is at least aesthetically attracted to this other girl. Yep. Where she's just like, oh my gosh, please look at me. Look at me. And then maybe we would fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, there, I've, I've got the fucking note. It was a library or study and standing inside was a girl. The girl was tall and slender with an incredibly long cascade of hair that obscured her face as she bent over something on the desk in front of the window. That hair. Cassie couldn't take her eyes off it. It was like moonlight and sunlight woven together. And it was natural. No dark roots. Cassie had never seen anything so beautiful. They were so close. Cassie standing just behind the neat hedge outside the window, and the girl standing just inside, facing her, but looking down. Cassie watched, fascinated, at what the girl was doing at the desk. Her hands moved gracefully, grinding something up with a mortar and pestle. Whatever it was, the girl's movements were quick and deft, and her hands were slender and pretty. And Cassie had the oddest feeling. If the girl would only look up, she thought, just look outside her own window. Once she did, then something would happen. Cassie didn't know what, but her skin had broken out in goose flesh. She had such a sense of connection, of kinship. If the girl would just look up. Swoon! Gay! So gay! And then every other time after, it's just like, the beautiful girl. I mean, it is. like So even before she meets Diana, she's like, uh, maybe she'd be good enough for the girl with the shining hair. Cassie's heart beat more quickly at the thought. It's like, good in what way, Cassie? You're not examining your emotions. <laughs> I know. There's there's a part, hold on. There's this, like, maybe the gayest part, except for the part where she says she loves her. She had the wildest urge to leap up and run to the girl, and then... What? She didn't know. But the urge was almost beyond her control. Her throat ached and tears filled her eyes. She realized she was on her feet. She would run to the girl and then, and then, images flooded Cassie's mind of her mother hugging her when she was young, cleaning out a skinned knee, kissing it better. Comfort. Rescue. Love. She associates Diana with love. Like, gay. It's gay. So... So gay. It's fucking gay. <laughs> I'm so mad that it's, it's gonna not be my gay. goddamn quote on this one. It's fucking gay. <laughs> I can't find it either, and I've been trying to find it because somehow, even though I just read this like only in the past couple of days, my memory of where everything is is not yeah, fitting. That's with fair. Me. Yeah, but um, when and granted, I was so pissed about the 
I feel like we could be sisters. I'm like, Ugh. sisters, eh? I see we're going the Gotham route. Good, good. <laughs> Where she's like, maybe we could be sisters. And Cassie just like fucking anime chick in a chair being like, oh my god, yes, of course. And <laughs> the moments where she's like, Diana's talking about how, I don't know why everybody likes me. I'm just, I just try to be nice to people. And Cassie like lists off five different things. And then she's like, also, you are the most beautiful person I have ever seen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm yep. like, you're so hot for this girl. <laughs> she is. She is. It's so frustrating. It's more like we're on that Matt Stefan train, but it's even more explicit. Right? This is like if we ever had something from Stefan's perspective being like, Matt's body rippled in the sunlight. <laughs> And I thought, what a beautiful young man he is. My goodness, if we had only been friends when we were younger, mm, maybe I never would have cared about Catherine because I would have had this brother. (laughs) (laughs) It's the most frustrating, wildest thing. And it's even worse because this Cassie's feelings for Diana and her feelings for Diana's boyfriend are like the central emotional conflict of this book. And it's just, just be gay. Just be gay also, and Diana is Right, and Diana gives us no indication that she doesn't feel the same way. No, she does. She, I mean, the only way she admits to it is by saying, oh, I want a little sister. But like, she says she feels more comfortable with Cassie than even her best friend she's known from childhood. She, exactly, where she's like, I just got this instant connection. I can talk to you about anything. I trust you implicitly. I'm just like, you're so... Just, Just kiss. Just kiss. Just kiss. There's like a line later on where someone's talking about Diana and her boyfriend and they don't even see the opposite sex, they say. Mm -hmm. Uh, Only each other. And I'm like, that's fine. That's why they, you know, Diana sees Cassie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just go hold hands and walk down the school hallway. It's good. May I introduce you to bisexuality? Mm, and polyamory yeah it's wildly frustrating and it just is constant i've never read a book where the answer is bisexual polyamory was so slapping the characters in the face i know i know and we were really close to that being the answer with elena in the last book but here it's just there's no creepy anything and they're literally like adam's like i'm in love with both of you (laughs) yes i know we're jumping ahead so much but it's so important to talk about this because because cassie is like how could people love two people and yet i love diana and adam and adam loves diana and me (laughs) you're just like yes yes that is the answer there's no problem (laughs) what's wrong with you people (laughs) you're making up problems (laughs) it doesn't have to be right and it's fine you don't have to do anything with 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 each other if you just want to have like i have a relationship with adam and i have a relationship with diana yeah no and when we're together we all just snuggle and it's good just do it. You are the leaders of your school. Whatever you say goes. It's, yeah, I mean, so I mean, this is where we run into the fucking brick wall of 1992, right? Which yeah. isn't to say that bisexuality and polyamory and pansexuality didn't exist, but like 1992, L.J. <laughs> Smith's brain. No, I mean, maybe, I maybe, but not in this book. I would love book. to talk to L.J. Smith because of this book. I know. I, it's just, 
so we we talked a little bit about how she was like, oh yeah, it's King Arthur and Guinevere and Lancelot. Like they just like, all the love each other. The answer in that was still also. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Yep. But it's just like LJ. Did did it really never cross your mind to gay? Did it never? <laughs> Have you never thought of perhaps the gays? I just, I'm so, because they go so hard on the sister thing, right? Like It's fucking Sailor Moon being dubbed for the US. <laughs> it is. They're not even worried about like homoerotic issues because they Ooh. just love between girls. It's just sisterly, like straight up. <laughs> Gals being pals. Gals being, it is. So I just, I want to know like. Fucking poster child for it. Did, did somebody make you take it out? Did you, mm. can you only conceive of them as sisters and not to say that sisterly yes. relationships that are not okay, but. Great question. That's the question that LJ Smith needs to be asked. Did someone tell you it's too gay? <laughs> or did that never cross your mind? Well, and I mean, like, like I said, we've seen with, with Stefan and Matt where it's super gay, but it's, she refuses to let it be gay. Like Yeah, up to including that terrible short story you read. Right. Is this just where. The path ends for LJ. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, you've read more of her stuff, so like, don't spoilers on a particular book, but do, do any of her characters have bisexual or, or homosexual relationships? This is the closest to get. Wow! I mean, granted, the New Vampire Diaries, maybe. I haven't wow. read those, and they were published in 2008, so maybe. But wow. this stuff, no, never and disappoint but not surprised it's just for somebody who's made a career of doing the love triangle over and over again <laughs> right it's just ugh. it's so it's so weird because it seems like the love triangle she wants us to buy in on is adam with diana and adam with cassie but really the love triangle is just all three of them yeah it's like Come on. Just, that's not how you do a love triangle. It's just it's just a polycule. It's just it's never it's never been more on the page and Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Alright, now that we've talked about how fucking gay this book is. It is. And and it gets it gets gayer. Like, aside from oh. Diana and Cassie, everybody else is also gay. But anyway. So at school, Cassie has a series of run-ins with just wildly hostile students. And she begins to notice like the distinction between the normies and finger quotes, the club, the elite group, that the witches, they get away with stuff. They rule the school. Uh, they're the proto-Collins. Yeah. Even more so than Vampire Diaries. This is very Twilighty. And people are weird about like how they interact with them too. Like it really... Having finished the the novel, looking back on how the other teens treated the club, I'm just like, oh, wow, that would be extremely weird if I was Cassie. Yeah, no, it is. And I mean, like, there's a reason. Yeah. So she meets Deborah, the motorcycle chick <laughs> who nearly runs her over and then yells at her for being in the way. Can, can I tell what you told me? Okay. Okay. So I got this message from Cinna saying that, oh, yeah, you've read, you've watched uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so Deborah equals Rosa. <laughs> so if you've watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine, please join me in imagining Deborah as, like, a young Rosa. So I would have definitely hated this character an awful lot. 
But instead, I'm just like, oh, Rosa, you're so grumpy. <laughs> it was fun reading it post Brooklyn Nine-Nine because they, you know, she's a motorcycle chick. She's got like black curly hair. Yeah. She's very surly. Like, it's very Rosa. Yep. It's extremely Rosa. Like, at one point she says something like, no, it's stupid. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, it's Rosa. <laughs> Right. It makes her, it, like you said, it makes her more likable because otherwise the girls are terrible. <laughs> they are. So uh, she meets Deborah. She meets the Henderson brothers. And finally she meets Faye. Morgan the Faye. <laughs> anyway, these kids are all extremely mean to her for no reason. And they're also like wildly out of line. <laughs> <laughs> there is zero adult supervision for these kids. Well, no, the, the adults wash their hands of them. They're like, no, we don't fuck with those Crowhaven Road kids because they're fucking witches. But I'm from Crowhaven Road. Nobody clues Cassie and poor Cassie. You'd think the grandma would have fucking said something. You would fucking think if they brought her, her here for this explicit purpose. Right, because clearly all of these these other generations have dealt with similar uh let's just call it what it is privilege <laughs> oh yeah i mean they're pretty explicit about the fucking class differences here yeah so but no mom and grandma are just like here you go baby chick try swimming right it's awful and i hate it i do feel like Faye belongs in the den of shadows agreed she has super like fala jessica vibes yeah 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 Definitely was getting exactly those two feelings. <laughs> uh, where again, it's like she was just Brie, but like heavy set in my head. Okay. And since Faye to me was just like Jessica. Yes. <laughs> I was like, cut and paste. <laughs> where Deborah would have been another Raven if she wasn't Rosa. Yes. Yeah. I But the Faye is so up to 11. She wants to be a bad witch. She's she's so over the top. She's Jessica, like, waltzing up with thigh-high boots in a red Ferrari, slapping (laughs) faces and kicking puppies. Being like, I own you, Nick. She is. I mean, she's a lot of swagger for that, Faye. I love her in that over-the-top way. (laughs) I, yeah, it's kind of a bummer. She feels like Elena... If Elena didn't have power and was like, well, fuck this, I'm getting power. Dark Elena. Dark Elena, which Elena's already terrible, but yeah. <laughs> Elena's already pretty dark. Uh, Faye and her girl squad. Which includes Deborah and Suzanne. Suzanne, yeah. who is like, hello, I'm a tiny little strawberry blonde with tits. That's yes. my one trait. <laughs> my trait, my tits. I like to eat junk food and I get tits. Yep. So the three of them together, they're very mean girls. Oh, it's so the craft. Yeah, they're just there to torment Cassie. Mm-hmm. They feel no shame or remorse. They treat everybody like Garbo. They And nobody, nobody can stop them. Not because they witch. They yeah, witches. No one, can, no one has ever stopped them. No one ever will. No, and like Faye straight up is a sexual predator. Oh my gosh, right? Yeah. Jeffrey or whatever his name is. Yep. You're just like, um, he does not want to go out with you. And she's like, yep, well, tough shit for him. And you're like, what? Yep, go out with me or I'll curse you. Like, straight yep, up. Right? Awful fucking girl. Actually, you know, Faye is kind of just like Lady Damon. Okay. Okay. I can see that. Faye is our bad boy, Ollie. We finally got a girl bad boy. <sighs> oh my goodness. This is exciting. This sounds kind of exciting. I wish I liked Faye more. 
Oh, see, I'm I'm glad that I enjoy Faye because I have mm, this is my first read. Yeah, that's fair. So I will enjoy her enough for both of us. She's ridiculous. She's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, so I love this, right? Because this book is high camp. Oh yeah, so over the top. So there's a scene, the first scene where Cassie meets Faye, and they're like, "It's the first day of school. Everybody write a poem." It's straight out of a '90s movie. Oh, it's very. It is very '90s. So Faye, of course, is like. I'm going to read my poem in my sultry, low, demi more voice. <laughs> Husky. Husky. And she gets up there and she reads her poem and it's about fire. And then as she's reading it, she lights her fucking paper on fire with her magic, <laughs> not giving any fucks who sees. Right. And Cassie's just like, I didn't see her lighted. I guess she did. I guess so. And then she takes it over to the boy that she's harassing and like waves it in his face. Fucking threatening him. She, Well, yeah, she's like coming for you later. Wolf whistle. There's a line where Cassie's like, the teacher didn't even blink. No, and I loved it. He's just like, okay, sit down, Faye. And I'm just like, what are the lives of these people? Right? I have, like, so imagine being that teacher and, like, any class you have where these fucking witches are not in it, you're like, oh, thank God, I can be a normal fucking teacher. (laughs) I just love the idea that this happens so often, that the teacher just sighs, gets up, gets the fire extinguisher, puts out the trash can fire, and sits back down. This is just his life. And there's a scene later on, after Cassie starts having the troubles, where she's, like, trying to sit with people at lunch. And people keep finding excuses to not sit with her. And so she sits down at this table and she's like, can I sit here? And they're like, um, yeah, we were just leaving. And they've got like half full plates. And so they stand (laughs) up and they dump the plates. And like there's a line where one of them like looks at the people dumping their plates out and then looks down at their plate like, oh, and then has to go dump their half full lunch tray. And I'm just like, these poor side characters. I know. It'd be so, so sad. I'd be like, oh my God, there's a new girl and she's being harassed. And fuck. She sat with us. I guess I go hungry. I was going <laughs> to eat that cake. <laughs> I should have put my backpack on that one chair. <laughs> I, just, I just love the fucking like casualties of this stupid witch feud. Because mm-hmm, they don't care. So Cassie has, you know, she deals with this in her first couple of classes, this fae lady setting things on fire, harassing boys. Nobody's stopping her. She walks into the lunchroom, faces that nightmare and was like, nope, and goes outside. (laughs) Unfortunately for Cassie, she is witness to uh, Faye and her friends coming to sit down, having lunch, trying to decide who they're going to intimidate into dating them next. A group of students come out to confront them. So Faye tries to push Sally. God, I hate names in the 90s. I, dude, the all of these characters had grandma names. Right? These names. It puts the book in this really weird, like, unreal place. Because, like, even in the 90s, Faye? Ah. Yeah, that wasn't a very common name. So it's definitely the difference between L.J. Smith and the the weird pseudo-reality that she inhabits in, like, something like Sweep. Because, Mm -hmm. like, Sweep, even for all its ridiculous, over-the-top stuff, (laughs) still felt more real than this weird thing that we're reading. Yeah. No, this is supremely CW. It is. And it's also much broader. 
Like, we talked a lot about uh, the specifics in Sweep, like the specifics of everybody's relationships and the things that they liked and the way that they talked and the way that they felt. And in this one, it's just like, all right, there are 13 of you. Each of you has one personality trait. Okay, let's go. (laughs) Get on stage, people. Uh, So, yeah, Cassie does a dumb thing and saves saves Sally. Saves Sally. And, of course, Faye is pissed because she done took her prey. And it's like, you were about to fucking murder that girl. (laughs) Technically saved your ass as well. Mm -hmm. So because Cassie did that, she is now the target of fate. Oh my gosh, she is on so many shit lists. She is. So like the next few chapters are just, Cassie is bullied a lot. Cassie is bullied in an extreme way that only exists in the craft. Oh yes. She finds a fucking hanging doll in her locker. And the only comment the adults make when she brings it in is, mm, apt. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, you guys, come on. Pretend. And he's like, I think you should, uh, you know, learn to solve this stuff between yourselves. And I'm like, what the fuck kind of adult is this? Oh, yeah. No, he's very like, uh, yeah, this is a witch business. Get away from me. But also, how is it that, like, a normie is in charge of the school? Why, like, where are the adults of Crowhaven Road? That's a good point. And that's something that they did differently in uh, the TV show, right? Because, like, Faye's mom that. was the principal. Right? Like, it was so much more realistic. Because otherwise, I'm just imagining everybody, all, all 12 houses as adults, just, like, <laughs> chilling at home, eating popcorn and, and watching TV. Well, they do mention that a lot of them are either orphans or single parents. They didn't say orphans. They said single parents a lot. But still, that's at least 12 adults. And we know that some of them do have two parents. And we know Cassie has a grandmother. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you've got powerful adults, even if they weren't themselves practicing witches. Why aren't they in charge of shit? Well, okay. So like... It is a plot point. I would not maybe call it a theme because they don't really follow through. But Mm -hmm. the witches were the like founding members of the town and the normies are the servants. Yeah. So we're at that point. So (laughs) you're trying to sort of do class stuff, but then also you're not addressing like structural power in any way. You're just sort of subbing witchcraft for that. Because at that point, if you're like, okay, well, there are servants, then sure, it makes sense that the servant class, the servant families that moved in, the, the new people who we've let settle on this island, makes sense as your teachers at the school. And your, you know, your custodians and your uh, cafeteria workers. But the principal. Yep, the mayor. The Like, all of these people who are in charge of shit should be the families. And so that just felt like, once I read about the, oh yes, we're the founding families and everybody else is our servants, I'm like, then why the fuck aren't you in charge of anything? And, because adults are scared of these, like, 12 kids, mm-hmm. right? Which means that, you know, Mr. So-and-so, who was the teacher that was just like, that's nice, Faye, sit down, <laughs> grew up with Faye's parents and the other kids' parents and knew that they were just allowed to do shit, even if they weren't, you know, like we said, witches, witches, like they weren't practicing witches. So there was a whole other generation, Cassie's mom's generation and, and Cassie's grandmother's generation that were also just in power without witch power. Well, so they talk about that a little bit when they give Cassie the big backstory dump. 
it, it's just a line, but they say that like, okay, our, our previous generations gave up our power and they lived like peacefully with the other people on the island and that it's only recently that there's been like discord because this newest generation has like picked up these powers and used them to bully people but like which just makes no sense that the adults would be this way right it's like how so okay i mean they do say that the brothers like blew up one of the school buildings (laughs) the old science way (laughs) but like do they never talk to their parents did the parents never try to like curb this because they say that the parents keep telling them you know oh you keep this up they're gonna start like hunting us Right? And they're just kind of, like, hoping the kids will listen to them. Yeah, I don't know. You're right. It doesn't make sense. It is a big fucking plot hole in my mind that I can't wrap my head around. Yeah, I feel like Lisa Jane just wanted the witches to not be bad, but also wanted the island to act like they had been. Yeah, and and I guess it's just that. They're like, you can say, oh, we lived peacefully with our servant class mm. um, and still have had Alexandra's generation just been able to get away with more Mm -hmm. because so it's the 90s right which means these kids have been born in the mid to late 70s so all of the 80s and whatnot of these like rambunctious hellions so you're still looking at there had to have been kids growing up in the the 50s and 60s who just kind of knew that the kids from crowhaven road you know like oh well they're better than us you know you just gotta let them do the things like there still had to that even if you're living peacefully and you're not tormenting them but now you're tormenting them it's a weird thing and i would (laughs) she's never going to and never would have thought to write a story set during alexandra's generation or grandma's generation but those are the ones i'm really interested in i mean like this is interesting but i do (laughs) want to know i do want to know about those generations what do you do you can't just suddenly stop having class warfare yeah i I I feel like she's trying to do class stuff because she brought it up with Portia and Adam too. Yeah. But there's a part where they're talking about like power and Mm -hmm. Diana's like, oh, the power isn't good or bad. It's like the person who uses it. It's what you do with it. But no, like power, especially if you're talking about like in terms of class, like institutional power, it's not neutral. (laughs) Like, or it doesn't, (laughs) not in practice. No, exactly. And Diana's all like, you know, oh, you know, I do this for good. I want to help people. And it's like, you are one of those weird philanthropy chicks. Where she's like, I do this for good. And it's like, you have power that others don't have. That is just a fact. You've got money. You've got beauty, which Cassie brings up. You know, you're kind, but also you don't realize that people are terrified of you. So they're really fucking happy that you're kind. And you're like, there is no strife here. We're all friends. Like, if she was in one of the previous generations, of course they would fucking believe that we live in peace now. Yeah, they live in terror that you're going to decide to be awful to them again. Right, because you have that power and you could and Faye does. Like, Faye's over here stealing our boys. Like, Right? She doesn't examine it, but she mentions it. And that is just, it's fucking wild. Yeah, and I mean... Going into that, like Diana doesn't do a whole lot to like curb Faye and Deborah and Suzanne or the boys. So like, right? I can't possibly hurt anybody. You're like, well, you can still fucking talk to them and be like uncool. Well, and she stands for them too, because like Cassie is like, no, I'm afraid of them. They're really mean to me. And she's like, I've known them since they were kids. There's good in them. It's like even Faye's nice deep down, right? And it's like, uh, you see Faye over there, like literally setting Cassie on fire, right? <laughs> 
yeah, yeah, she's definitely uh, an apologizer. She's she's one of those ones. Yeah, I I want to like Diana, but like this fucking this ignorance that she has of, of her fucking privilege, you know. Yep, it's very frustrating. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the big shit that we're pulling out of this. I know, right? YA book. So Cassie is bullied. Eventually, Faye literally just lures her out to this old building that the brothers blew up. And she tries to set her on fire. And Diana comes running in. She does. It's wonderful. It is a nice big YA rescue. But it is. It's so gay. It's so gay. But Faye is also doing it to try to get a rise out of Cassie. Yeah, she wants it. She's testing her. Yes. You can tell she's already testing her. She wants her to do the magic. She does a little bit. She does. Yeah. She. I mean, that's like Faye can sense it. So Diana busts in, she saves Cassie, wraps her up in a blanket, takes her home. <laughs> this is my tiny puppy now. Yep, she's fucking like, take clothes off, go take a bath. Okay, right, so now imagine if one of them was a dude. <laughs> Here you go, take your clothes off, take a bath. What, what? What? Flush, 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 flush. <laughs> I mean, not that Cassie doesn't do that. She does. But I mean, it would be more obvious to people who don't think it's gay. It would be more obvious to Lisa Jane. <laughs> Uh, Diana adopts Cassie and the next bit is Cassie like melding in with her friend group. She like meets uh, Laurel, the plant friend and Melanie, the rock friend. Not rock rock, but like stone rock, you know, gems. She gets to know the rest of the coven a little more, even the ones who were previously tormenting her, which is question mark. It's good to be taken in under the, the, the privileged wing of the golden girl. I mean, yes, exactly. That's what it is. Like, Diana's privilege umbrella has been extended to Cassie. <laughs> Which, I mean, Cassie's already, like, a pretty skinny upper middle class white girl, so. Right. She also meets the brothers, the Henderson brothers, uh, little sister Corey, who is going to be a plot device later, so keep that in mind. <sighs> so mad. So, uh, we get the very fucking obvious Greek pantheon that oh my God. is going on here. It just felt like LJ Smith kind of elbowing you in the ribs, being like, hey, you get it? This is where the traits come from. This is, yeah, <laughs> this is how I decided. It's also like a random array because there's like, oh, Faye is Hera and Deborah's Artemis and one of them is Persephone. But like the plants thing also take offense to being Persephone up in the, the sunlight with the plants. It should be Corey. Yeah, fair. But so I'm looking at it, I'm like, is it Laurel? Is it Corey? Is it Cassie? Who are you trying to tell me is Persephone? <laughs> oh, no, Laurel is Persephone. Which makes, like, sense because of the plant thing. But still, it's just, like, her trait when it was listed is, she's the daughter of all growing things. And I'm like, well, well wouldn't you have Demeter there? Well, also, Persephone comes with a lot more baggage than just plant stuff. Not even that! You're not even talking about her at all. Her only trait is her association to a to her mother goddess. So you're like ignoring her life in the underworld. You're ignoring her dual nature. Right. You're ignoring uh, Demeter. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, you did not do your fucking research. I just feel like she had, she like, okay, one of these girls is going to be a plant girl. And then she like flipped through a big book of Greek gods. And she's like, yeah. which one is the plant one? Okay, I guess it's going to be this one. And it's like, no, this one. that one's known for something way more different. Okay. <laughs> Most people don't associate Persephone on first thought with plants. Nope. They should associate her with plants at some point. It is a thing. But- <laughs> but it should not be the first thing. Right. 
Also, there's an interesting thing where she is very specific about the virginal goddesses and how they never married. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one didn't never marry. And you're like, all right, look, I'm going to give you a pass on that because it's the 90s and you probably looked this shit up in, like, an old ass book at the library. But it's also, like... Artemis, the goddess of the hunt, is Deborah, right? And there's a part where, like, Deborah's like, oh, I have no use for boys. What are, right. what are they good for? And it's like... Definitely a lesbian. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Also, first of all, yes, definitely gay. But, like, are you saying that her disinterest in romance is, like, a key component of her character enough that it aligns her with right? this goddess? Because you bring it up. And then if you're saying that, then where are you going with this, LJ? Because I know you're not talking about asexuality. <laughs> right? There's so much you can do with these kinds of things that are very interesting. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't. And yet... She chooses to waste words on it. I know, right? Like, the words are there, but it doesn't go anywhere. It's just, I guess it's just character building. Like, this one has no interest in boys. The rest of them do. Moving on. <laughs> and it's not like there's anything other than boys. Okay. Right, exactly. And Persephone, we don't even get, oh, and she definitely took a husband. <sighs> no. I know. We get nothing about Persephone. Why is it not just Demeter? If I could change one line <laughs> in this book and I was allowed to change just one, I would just list Demeter instead of Persephone. Right? Like, now I want my Laurel side story where Laurel goes on a Persephone journey. Like, where's that? Exactly. Yeah, if she's supposed to be Persephone, have her mom be super good with plants, and she's also good with plants, but then she gets drawn into this, like, kind of dark underworld stuff with Nick. Yeah, okay, yeah, so Nick. Okay, so Nick, though. I ship it. I ship Laurel and Nick, the end. (laughs) Okay. So this book is very white, right? Like, and they're very clear yeah. about that because it's like, oh, we're we're literally colonizers. We're colonials. Except I did not imagine them all white. I, mm, because she's very vague about it, isn't she? Mm-hmm. The way she describes the hair and the eyes. Nick has specifically brown skin, but that's yeah. it. That's all that Nick has. Right? It could just be, oh, he has brown skin for a white kid who spends a lot of time on the beach. Right? And the the Henderson brothers are blonde-haired with slanted eyes. Yeah, slanted almond-shaped eyes. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Okay, but, like, be specific, LJ. Yeah. So I'm sitting here imagining Deborah and Nick are Hispanic. The brothers and Corey are maybe Native American. Maybe they're Vietnamese. But they're definitely not just white kids. And then even Faye, to me, seemed very, like, pale-skinned Hispanic. Mexican, specifically. Mm -hmm. Even though they said, oh, we, we, you know, we're colonizers and we're from here and we intermarried and shit. For some reason in my head, I'm just like... Sorry, this is just what's happening. But it made me mad because all of the ones who were specifically described in very white tones mm-hmm. were the good ones. Of course. So I'm like, that's lousy. Well, listen, Ollie, it's because you live uh, in the world that we live in <laughs> where there are people who are not white. It just makes me mad because people act like New England has only white people. And granted, there are people in New England who would like you to think that that is true because New England is deeply racist in ways they like to cover up. <laughs> But it's not. And so to have a book where, like, the cover, the original cover there is just, like, all blondes. Yep. Except for dark-haired Faye with her golden eyes. <laughs> yeah. It's very frustrating. Yeah. And, you know, and this is something that, you know, we talk about on this podcast is being able to look at stuff from this current perspective mm-hmm. to be like, one, she should have been fucking specific. 
to any of the people who were the quote-unquote good guys Mm -hmm. should have been described in words that were not just, they are white, they are so fucking white. (laughs) So Aryan, very good. (laughs) Blonde hair, such good blonde. (laughs) Moonlight, sunlight, so natural. (laughs) Yeah, and it was was weird because I was noticing it. I was like, oh shit, all of the people. Mm -hmm. All of the people that I am allowed to headcanon as not white are the bad guys. Cool. Exactly. It was weird. Yep. But whatever. That's also why I ended up giving a lot of them a pass in that way. Except for the fact that if I look at their actual lives, they've all been fucking privileged assholes. Oh, yes. None of them have dealt with racism in that way. No, they've witch racism. And that's what matters. Anyway. (laughs) So... Cassie integrates into Diana's life, and Diana eventually asks her to be her little sister. Be her lover. Little sister. Little sister. Little sister. (laughs) Oh my gosh, oh yes, yes, please. I've always wanted an older sister. But And the way they put that, too, it's weird, because it's like, you are one year apart in school, which means you are probably less than a year apart in age. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had plenty of friends who were a grade above or below me. This is not uncommon. Dude, it's that. It's that no homo. You're so little and therefore a sister. Anyway. It's not gay. (laughs) So they're sisters now, but Cassie still feels a distance between her and the rest of the group. So she's like, hey, Diana, I'm your sister now. We're friends. Do you think there's ever a chance that I could be part of the club? And Diana's like, ah, oh, no, uh, you don't want to. You don't want to hang. You don't want to be part of the club. You want to go back to California. You want to go to college somewhere else. It's fine. Don't, don't worry about it. So Cassie is super lonely. And there's a weird scene where Cassie, like, considers suicide. Right? She considers walking into the ocean. Which is kind of dark. And they don't really do anything with it. So that was weird. And I could have believed this if there was more about, like, my mom is dying, but she's not. And my father left us, which also was a comment I wanted to make a while back about how she was like, all of the men leave me. Oh, he yeah. He left me, the boy on the beach, and my dad left me. I'm like, he didn't leave you. You, didn't know, you don't even know his name. <laughs> the boy I knew for five seconds left me. Oh, way. But, like, if it was her being like, oh, my dad was with us until a couple years ago, and mom is now super sick. He left because she got sick. Right? Like, I mean, I get Cassie being lonely, and that sucks, but, like, if... Yeah. Depression doesn't need a reason. Right, exactly. And and she's lonely throughout the book, but it's never... Like, this isn't the thing that the book deals with. For one scene, she's like, I'm gonna walk into the ocean. Nah. Never comes up again. Anyway. It's the day of Corey's birthday party, and they find Corey dead at the bottom of the stairs. It was very shocking to me. (laughs) That makes sense. Came out of fucking nowhere. It's her birthday. Whoop, dead. Right, and and the thing is that on her birthday, she is going to be accepted into the club as the last official member. So they have a big fight about it. Some of them think that outsiders did it, because Sally made a vague threat of that direction. And then Faye accuses Diana, and and Laurel accuses Faye, and it's a big thing. Which, like, none of you think it's a goddamn slippery set of stairs (laughs) at the end of September? Well, that's what the outsiders think, but clearly they're just covering something up. Yeah, clearly. 
We don't want them to get too powerful. What if they get 12? I mean, listen, this is a valid concern. Look what they're doing without 12. I honestly uh, would would like that to be the plot line. <laughs> it's not. I'm sure it's not. There's been too many red herrings. <laughs> like, it was self-defense for everybody. Right? We cannot handle this shit. Oh, fuck the new girl. Ah. <laughs> honestly, though. I mean, I guess Faye can defend herself, but if anybody had to go, it should probably be her. Right? She's not a witch yet. Go for it. Anyway, so uh, they all then look at Cassie like, nah, you can't be here. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Cassie. Yeah, they're like, you don't know this girl. You gotta leave. Yeah, so Cassie. It was a very lonely scene. (laughs) Cassie is devastated. She's like, I know a girl died today, but also all of my friends shunned me at the same time and it sucked. And then everybody's like, oh, we're so sorry about Corey. (laughs) And like this increasing like oh my god, they're coming to me as the stand-in to, like, make the calls. They can't get to the club because they're in mourning, so they're going to come to me. And then she just, like, snaps at a cheerleader, like, I didn't even fucking know her. (laughs) Right? Poor Cassie. She's like, I shouldn't have to be not in the club, but also be the representative. (laughs) Like, I just met this girl. I didn't know her. She's, like, two years younger than me. So, uh, that night, Cassie is kidnapped from her room. (laughs) This was a weird scene, too. Yep, they they hustle her off to the beach. She recognizes Faye's voice, and she's like, Oh my god, Faye is getting her revenge. Right, she gonna murder me. Uh, but then they rip off her hood, and <gasps> it's Diana. Diana's gonna murder me. <laughs> and we're at a beach, and there are candles. I am getting ritually sacrificed. <laughs> I remember my mother and grandmother in a dream saying something about a sacrifice. It's me. This is it. Goodbye, cruel world. <laughs> But no, of course it's not. They're here to initiate her into the circle, which nobody tells her. (sighs) Right. I hate the lack of consent. Informed consent. (laughs) Well, and it's weird, right? Because, like... Corey knew what she was going to get into. Well, yeah, yeah, she grew up in it. But, like... Yeah. They put her through finger quotes tests, Mm -hmm. but they're not really... So, like... Faye holds a knife to her throat and is like, yeah. don't be scared. And Cassie's like, um, hi, you have a knife at my throat and you're a murder person. I'm very right. scared. And she's like, you should fall on this knife instead of be scared. Yep. Basically, she's like, trust fall into my knife. And Cassie's like, uh, no. But then she looks at Diana and I just love Diana love so her. much. I trust that Diana would not want me murdered. I trust Diana with my life, but not in a gay way. And but definitely a gay way. <laughs> then she's like, okay. And then she trust falls into Faye's knife. And Faye's like, haha, JK, that was a test. Okay, thanks, I guess. Right? Like, was it a test? <laughs> Their tests are awful. I, They're very bad. I just want to say the circles in Sweep are way better. <laughs> they, they are. And then they, like, they get up, up in her biz and they start spinning her around and then, like, pushing, pushing her, her and shit. She's got her hands tied behind her back so she can't, like, stop anything. Yeah, and they're just like, we're gonna shove you, and I guess the test is that you don't make us stop. Like, I don't know what we're testing right? here. They never tell us. Uh, for a book that is very pro-pagan, uh, I'm gonna go with Sweep does it better. Well, yeah, because Sweep is more realistic. Grounded in reality. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, then they, they, they finish pushing her around and they're like, she has passed the tests. <clears throat> and then it's exposition dump time. We're like, normally we'd have a party. Instead, we'll just have a meeting. Right. Instead, we're going to explain what's going on. 
so she explains that the town was founded by people who fled the Salem witch trials. Of course, they named it New Salem. I don't know what you were expecting. Why? Why? Right? Like, why would you do that? Right. And they talk about how they were trying to be like stealthy about it, but they only waited a year to move, and then all of them Not moved, even. and then they named it New Salem. Right. <laughs> You're like, we're going to go here. We are really attached to the name Salem. It's like if vampires left like a place that was killing vampires and they named their town New Vampireton. What are you New doing? New Vampire Killington. <laughs> but not populated by vampires. Anyway, the kids are the descendants of those 12 families that somehow kept their bloodlines pure, even though they- Can we just, again, and gag and eye roll at keeping your bloodline pure? What? Right, and it's apparently a thing because they diss Cassie for only being finger quotes half a witch. Half. But we don't know that. We don't know if her dad was somebody. Right? But also, like, how did you keep 12 families without becoming one family? Yeah, and, and like, early on when Diana's like, oh, well, Faye's my cousin, and Deborah's like, Nick's my cousin, I'm like, you're all cousins. <laughs> right? There are ways to have 12 families be having children in a way that you're not going to just end up with, like, one family, but you are still all one extended family. Right. That's for damn sure. Because it's only been, what, 300 years to the day or something? Right. So it's 300 years, okay, but also, like, people are giving up their names... I don't. I just don't understand how you keep the families delineated. I. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, if she had ever given us a family tree, you know, I would be deep dive. Oh, baby, that family tree is a circle. <laughs> it's a secret circle. <laughs> That's the secret circle. It's the family tree. <laughs> Oh, God. Anyway, so she explains their backstory. They're basically Bell Wicket, right? Like, straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree. They're they're very much that. Even to the part where they're like, oh, the outsiders don't like us anymore. And one of them, they killed one of our witches. I'm like, yeah, man, is Sweep a sequel to Secret Circle? My gosh. That's my headcanon. I like this idea. Because also it's strange to me that there's like very easily delineated generations. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like there should definitely be... So there's Cassie's mom, who's definitely in her 30s, right? Yeah. But there should be other witches, or at least family, that are in their 20s. And maybe actual, like, babies. And also, where did they move? It's not like they all live under one one roof on Crowhaven Road. So it just seems strange that if from the 1910s, 1920s, through now, the early 90s, we lived in peace with the servant class. <laughs> that there aren't more people who are related to this family yeah. and just like half witches. And that like the pure family who lives on the road. Yeah. There's a lot of family plot holes going on. Yeah, it's just, they're just the descendants and there are 12 of them because they need to be. <laughs> because plot. Because plot. So they need 12 people to make a, a real circle. It was going to be Corey, now it's Cassie. And they also set up that there is going to be a leadership vote in November. They don't specify why, but that Diana and Faye are clearly rivals for it. Clearly. Uh, in the midst of this meeting slash party, guess who shows <gasps> up? It's the red-haired boy from the first two chapters. It's him. He's back. He came back from me. Oh, what? He's Diana's boyfriend? No, I definitely didn't see that coming. But I love her and him. So this is one of those moments where I'm like, this is stupid. Because you've known him for five fucking seconds. And yes, you kind of fantasized about him, but you don't know him for reals. 
but you do know Diana and you definitely love her. Right? Like, uh, uh, we'll get to it. Anyway. Okay. So he shows up. Oh, it's Adam. They've been dating since they were children because that's a thing. They're the perfect couple. They don't see gender. (laughs) (laughs) It's not exactly the phrase, but yes, let's go with it. Of course, Cassie is shocked and devastated, but resolves in her ultimate act of bravery to not tell Diana because she just loves Diana so much. So she sort of bullshits Adam into not telling them that they met during the summer either. And that's (laughs) that. Adam tells everybody that he found a tool of the original coven that they have been looking for. And by original coven, I mean like the founders. It's a crystal skull. Yes. You know how much I laughed when that thing came out. Did you? I was like, why? Of course. It's because it is so fucking pulp. That's why. It really fucking is. It's mad pulp. So he found a crystal skull. Everybody's excited. Faye wants to touch it. They want to use it. Faye wants to use it mostly. But Diana wants to purify it because it may be bad. It was used by a bad person, so... So they have, like, this really, really awkward montage of a meeting the next day where they basically just tell us the ways in which Faye bullies Diana into using the crystal. It's a really weird, like, a weirdly written scene. There were a couple of those this book where I'm like, Cassie is only here so that we know. Right? It's like a recounting, like somebody reading the minutes. Faye said this, Diana said this, blah, blah, blah. Honestly, that would have been better if it was like, Cassie got volunteered to take the minutes. These are the minutes. Oh, I would have loved that. You're right. (laughs) At the next meeting, they scry with the skull. Uh, They put a lot of emphasis on how we can't break the circle, guys. Cassie, Cassie, look at me. Cassie. Everybody, look at Cassie. Everybody look at Cassie. Cassie, you're new. You're going to fuck this up. Don't fuck it up. Don't break the circle. Cassie. <laughs> Instead of anybody else. <laughs> and then they, they do this weird thing in the garage. They all just stare at the skull. I'm not even clear on what they're trying to do, honestly. They're just, I don't know. They're trying to see shit. I don't know why they didn't set a goddamn timer. Yep, they're just doing magic. Their magic is awful. I'm just gonna say that. It's pretty boring. It really is. So, like, I was mining this book for moves for my mm-hmm. YA RPG, but there aren't any. <laughs> they don't have powers. They just do spells with rocks. There's nothing here to use. And sometimes some of them can have this stupid, like, a poem comes into my mind, but actually it's a spell and it's powerful. Well, yeah, and, and like, there's elemental stuff, like Fado's fire stuff, and that's kind of it. Yeah. Everything is better in other books. Yeah. No, a sweep, at least Morgan has, like, the cool witch balls and the Hell sensing yeah. stuff. Like, Morgan has cool powers. And, like, they do rituals that are, like, prep. Right, well, because they're based on Wiccan shit. Real. Anyway. Yeah, real ritual. So they do this thing where they just stare at the skull. And apparently only Cassie and Diana sense, like, this evil. And then they break the circle. And it's either Faye or Sean. It's probably Faye. See, my theory, though, is that the evil inside the skull was getting too close to Cassie. That Cassie was fucking up by being in there too deep. Mm Because Diana was like... We all know not to go too deep. And I'm like, Cassie don't know shit. Right? Cassie just got here. Yeah. How about Cassie don't look at it? Just be here. (laughs) Right. So I feel like she was fucking it up and maybe Faye was also trying to like, she'd sense something. I don't know. Either way, it's probably Faye. But I think Cassie let it out. So 
it's suggested that the Henderson brothers, instead of just looking at it, maybe, maybe put their evil <laughs> intent and their anger towards normal go, people into it. Go find our sister's murderer now, please. Yeah, basically. Like, we're really angry at all the normal people. Maybe go do a murder. So they all regroup to discuss how to handle it, uh, and Cassie wants to go home, and Diana's like, well, we need to have this confrontation, so Adam, walk her home. We need plot. Get going. We're getting close to the end of the book. We need something dramatic to happen. And honestly, that makes sense. Like, plot-wise, it makes sense to have this thing happen, even if I think it's stupid. Well, and, and to be fair, Adam is also, like, once they get out onto the beach, he's like, hey, you've been avoiding me for, like, the past week. What's right, up? Like, I met you, and you were very nice, and I've been thinking about you since then. You, like, really changed my opinion on outsiders. Mm-hmm. So why can't I talk about you? Right? you? Why won't you talk to me? So... Cassie tries to play it off. She's like, she tries to like flirtily tell Adam that, oh, I wouldn't want anybody to get the wrong idea. (laughs) And Adam presses her. He's like, I don't believe you. And like, I get Adam's perspective on that. Because if someone was doing that to me, I would just be like, I really don't know what the hell is happening here. But then later, you know, the second after she's like, because of this, he's like, fuck, I shouldn't have pushed you. (laughs) Right. Like, no, you probably shouldn't have, but you couldn't know. Right. Well, because Adam is is very, like, impassioned about this. He's like, you were the first outsider that I met who made me think that there could be peace between our kinds. Like, but then it turns out you're not an outsider now. I don't know what the fuck to think. Right. Uh, So then Cassie immediately folds and she's like, oh, no, it's because I love you. It's because I'm in love with you. (laughs) And I'm like, why? Why are you doing this? I know. She says, I love you, but, you know, I don't want to hurt Diana. Because literally, I love Diana. Ollie, would you like to do a dramatic reading? <gasps> yes. Okay, okay. So, 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 so. Cassie and Adam are together. They are getting closer. And Cassie is like, oh, no, I should get away. I should run away. Instead, with a gasp, she buried her head in his shoulder. In the comfort of his thick Irish sweater... She could feel his warmth all around her now, anchoring her, keeping her safe, protecting her. He smelled so good, like autumn leaves and wood fires and ocean wind, which does sound pretty good. And and sounds plausible. Uh, Her heart was pounding. It was then that Cassie knew what forbidden love meant. We can't, he said in a thick voice. We can't. Gazing up at him, seeing only his eyes, the color of the ocean that night when it had whispered to her to drown in it. Oh, there's a reference to that. (laughs) Cassie's lips moved to form a soundless no. That was when he kissed her. And in that instant, all coherent thought was lost. She was swept away by a salty wave of sheer feeling. It was like being caught in a riptide, sucked under, tumbling helplessly, head over heels with no way to stop. She was dying, but so sweetly. She was trembling, boneless. If he hadn't been holding her, she would have fallen. No boy had ever made her feel this way. (laughs) No boy. (laughs) In the wild and raging confusion, there was nothing to do but surrender, to give herself up to it entirely. Each shock of sweetness was greater than the last. She was almost senseless with delight, and she no longer even wanted to resist. Despite the wildness, the abandon of it, she wasn't afraid, because she could trust him. He was leading her, wide-eyed and wondering, into a world she'd never known existed. And still he was kissing her, 
and kissing her. They were both intoxicated, dizzy with the madness of this. She knew her cheeks and throat were wildly flushed. She could feel the heat they made together. She never knew how long they stood that way, locked in an embrace that should have melted the rock around them. She only knew some time later that without letting go of her, he was guiding her to sit on a granite outcrop, her breath slowing. She buried her face against his shoulder and found peace there. The uncontrollable passion had given way at last to a warm and languorous drowsiness. She was safe. She belonged. And it was so simple, so beautiful. Cassie, he said in a voice she'd never heard him use before. And at the sound of it, her heart dissolved and went out of her body, evaporating through the soles of her feet and her palms and her fingertips. She would never be the same again. I love you, he said. Yeah, that's right. Just that. Just fucking I kiss you, I love you. Like, what the fuck? Yep. <laughs> so this would be a good time to mention. So, like, when I was doing that research into LJ Smith and everybody asked her, like, do you believe in soulmates, right? Yeah. She said, essentially, that when she writes YA, she does not deign to write further than kissing, uh, which yeah. is fair. Yeah. But that because she can't write that, she opted to do the soulmate thing as her substitute for sex so this thing of like we fall into each other's minds and we just see and feel each other like that's it's just it's sex it's as good as it gets they're they're doing the sex like (laughs) straight up only soulmates have sex guys that's that's what we're saying right this is this is lj smith sex um (laughs) so when it wears off, they realize they done fucked up. We done a kiss, but oh no, one of us has a girlfriend. <laughs> and it's very sweet. Like, they, they want to not fuck up. Right. But it's so, okay. So they, they realize they fucked up. And then they, they do a witch swear to never fuck up again. Oh my gosh, right? So this, I'm reading the thing. So it's basically like, uh, they call on the elements and then they're like, I swear not to betray, you know, Diana. In this land or any other, I won't do it by word or look or deed, whether I'm awake or asleep, my speech, my silence. And if I do, here's all the horrible ways I will be tortured. I'm like, that's too much. It's intense. It's intense. This is some Old Testament shit. Right? I'm like, you're gonna fuck up so bad. Right? And then they, like, slice open their hands. And as Cassie is slicing up her hand, she's like, oh, it hurts, but it's nothing compared to what we could be doing to Diana. (laughs) I know. You love her. And it's so amazing because, like, as soon as he realizes it, there's, like, a line where it's, like, Adam's expression was pure anguish. And it's, like, this is your high school girlfriend. I know. And you're like, but we've been together forever and clearly there's nothing after this. And like, and he's so earnest about like, I love her. I definitely love her. And she's like, so do I. So, do so I. what the fuck are we going to do about this? How do you love two people at the same time? Who knows? Who knows? How is that possible? It's just, I know they're teenagers. I know that this yeah. is pulp. Yeah. I know this is melodrama. This is the point. But this cannot stand. There are so many ways to solve this very small problem. It's only going to be worse because you're not talking about it. It is. It's like that sitcom thing of like, the only reason that this is a problem is because somebody is not communicating with the other person. (laughs) 
if that's your plot, it's not good. It's not good. It's very frustrating because like it's 2020. You could be bi, you could be pan, you could be polyamorous, you could talk to your teenage girlfriend slash sister. Right? All these things. It's such an easy fix. And yet these characters are literally cutting themselves like fucking on pain of death. Will I never betray you? Like, yep. Can everybody just calm down for two seconds? <laughs> nope. And it gets even better with the very last bit. Yep. So the next day, Cassie is summoned to Faye's house, where Faye, who has a rich girl's bedroom, I don't know if mm-hmm. you knew that. And kittens. And kittens, who are kind of mean. But they're kittens. <laughs> they snuggle Cassie and do a bite. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. kitten, little orange kitten. So Faye rolls in and she's like, hey, Cassie, do any kissing last night? <gasps> How did you know? I don't know what you're talking about. And Faye's like, it's mm, not what you thought. You do. You know. <laughs> and Faye is at her best in this scene. Faye is very good. Faye has a lot of swagger here. Yep. She essentially says, "Uh, listen, unless you want me to tell Diana that you were snurfing her boyfriend, <laughs> you have to do what I say. And this is blackmail and this yeah. is the conflict. So how do you feel? We'll be real good friends. Don't you want to be real good friends? Oops, I lied. That's not what I mean. You're not my friend. <laughs> also more gay. Very gay. Way gay. Oh my gosh. The last line is so gay. Would you like to? <laughs> I do. Okay. So Cassie says that, you know, I thought we were friends. And then fucking Faye, that was just a euphemism. <laughs> the truth is that you're my captor from now on. I own you, Cassie Blake. I own you, body and soul. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what does that mean? You gotta do stuff. <laughs> you know, she's like, strip. <laughs> right? Right. This is so goddamn gay. Anyway. So, uh, to be continued in book two, The Captive. The Captive. The end. All right. So, I would recommend this book over The Vampire Diaries. Okay. Because Cassie's not a heinous person. Truth. I'm not sure yet if I would recommend it overall, but if it was like, you have to choose between Vampire Diaries and The Secret Circle, I'd be like, all right, fine. I can recommend someone read, you know, Secret Circle. This protagonist has a soul, as it turns out. (laughs) Gosh, what a concept. Uh, I would not stand for this book existing new. No. Like, there's just too much that can be solved by the modern world. Mm-hmm. And so I don't appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I know I messaged you and I said that the pacing was just awful. Pretty glacial. Like, it's, yeah. Like, we talked and we talked for a long time about what happened, but, like, nothing happens. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much that happens once Adam gets there. Well, yeah, because then the plot shows up. Yeah. I took issue with this fucking high school senior. It would have been better if he was, like, a should have been freshman in college taking a gap year. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, oh, he won't be back for a while. He's off doing stuff. Who's watching these children? (laughs) I know. Who's letting him do this? Because, like, I get that the general adults aren't doing that but what about their fucking parents adam do you have parents i don't know the book didn't maybe not and even the idea of a single parent i'm like fuck you i i live with a single parent he takes very good care of his kids he knows what they're up to like so you can't give me this whole well they're very busy fuck you they own this fucking world they don't have to be doing whatever it is you think they're doing lj I also felt like it was very unnecessary for her to have met him on the beach in Cape Cod and then happened to run into him up in New Salem. Like, I saw that. That was so telegraphed. Right. And then as soon as Diana said, my boyfriend Adam, I'm like, oh. (laughs) 
<laughs> I see you. <laughs> so just ugh, terribly paced. Yeah. I mean, again, we're back to trilogy. This is a story in three parts. Which is why I had such a hard time getting back to it. Because I'm like, I know that this doesn't resolve shit. Well, and I think this ends in a better place than like the first Vampire Diaries where it felt like it ended in the middle of the fucking book. Yeah. And where like the action should have ended at the end of chapter two of book two. Yeah. Like this is a good place to end it. And like I get it, but it can't stand by itself. It, It doesn't. Not at all. And also it needs to be gayer. It doesn't get gayer. Super frustrating. Problem number one with this series. Yeah, it would be really nice. Uh, I don't know if they exist because obviously I don't read a lot of new YA and definitely not a new YA about witches. But like this story could be extremely unique. And instead it's just, we can't, Adam, because we both love her, but not in a gay way. But you definitely love her in the way of which I would like to love her. (laughs) But overall, the kids were, even in their melodrama, trying to be nice. Most of them. Yeah, the the good kids were good kids, but then like the ridiculous kids were children of privilege, and you're like, yeah, that's that's that. Mm-hmm. I have no predictions because there's so much plot open right now. Like, obviously, if this is Camelot, eh, then we've got to have Arthur learn about Lancelot's betrayal with Guinevere, and I want to know more about what the fuck is going on with the Greek myth shit. Even though I know it's just going to be more looking at the pictures. Uh, And it's like, you're trailing that off just for dramatic purpose, I'm guessing. There's that thing out there from the skull. There's all the other master tools. Uh, Nick never does anything, so therefore I'm interested in what the fuck he's up to. But yeah, it's... Looking at this book, I could walk away from it. Yeah. And... Like I told you, I read like the first 50 pages and then it took me like two days to decide to pick it back up again. And then I forced myself to read it in like three separate reading sessions yesterday. Right. So I'm like, fuck, we got a podcast tomorrow. (laughs) There's nobody in this book who I'm like, oh my gosh, I love you and you're a good kid and I want good things for you. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I want to go back to sweep. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's true. I I am am with you. Like, I've read this before. It's better than Vampire Diaries. Yeah. (laughs) But it's forgettable. (laughs) Like, I was worried I wasn't going to be able to remember anything. Yeah. Uh, but from a perspective of looking at the author's backlist, like we can see that LJ Smith is uh, a better writer in this series, mm-hmm. even if she's not necessarily a better plotter and pacer. Sure. She hasn't gotten there yet. So uh, like her writing style is, is good. Mm-hmm. And I like the way she moves, moves forward, even if it's not necessarily the plot. <laughs> yeah. Like she doesn't linger in a scene too long unless mm-hmm. it's exposition, at which point she, all of it's bad. <laughs> but yeah. Um, oh, and one thing I did want to note as a person from New England, um, the first couple of chapters, her talking about the feel of New England mm-hmm. and talking about um, Cape Cod and things like that. There was some stuff where I'm like, that we, we don't say that, but maybe we did back in the 90s. I don't know. Right. Um, for the most part, though, like I could imagine it and I could picture the actual kinds of places where, where she was talking about it and the exact types of houses and things like that. So mm-hmm. like... Overall, for a book that is set in New England and the person doesn't live there, mm-hmm. she did a great job on that. That's good. <laughs> Even like the way that the mother and the grandmother are kind of like overly interested in architecture of the house. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, I've met those people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and this is the original crown molding. <laughs> They're all so excited to tell you about it. Aww. So I thought that was nice. <sighs> Last words from you? Uh, I also miss Sweep. <laughs> yeah. I want to get back. I, I definitely want to go back to Sweep in the future. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you, Secret Circle, for making me miss Sweep. <laughs> right. Not that Sweep was terrible in any in any way, but but also thank you for being not as bad as Vampire Diaries. I do appreciate that. Hell yeah! Thank you for not having Elena fucking Gilbert as your MC. That's how we sign off the podcast now. Anytime it's not Vampire Diaries, thank you for not being <laughs> Elena fucking Gilbert. Good thank night. you. Good night. <laughs> Next episode, we will be on Season 5, Episode 2, talking about The Captive. Mine is split into two pieces, so that makes it easy for me to decide how to read it. (laughs) That is true. So is mine. We'll have fun. (laughs) Wonderful. All right. Thank you all for listening. You can find us uh, over on Twitter at Backlist Podcast. You can find me there, too, under currently Olivia Hennis, H-E-N-N-I-S. How about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at endless underscore run. You can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash backlist and chill. And we need to welcome a new patron. <gasps> Elizabeth, thank you for joining us. Thank you. You did join us um, several episodes ago, so this is going to be a little delayed for you. But this is the <laughs> first one we're recording after you joined us. So welcome. We've been recording a lot. <laughs> Hope you're still here. Hope yeah. you enjoyed it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you're coming in on Sweep when uh, that's all being put out, Mm -hmm. so this is letting you know we will be going back to Sweep. Yeah, we will, eventually, yes. (laughs) Thank you, Elizabeth! Yes, thank you. Also, I mean, we did have another person, like, it's it's our friend, but uh, also welcome Catherine. Hi, Catherine! (gasps) Catherine! See you in a few minutes. Uh, Oh. (laughs) Thank you for also Catherine, that's super exciting. Yes. So good, so that's two new people. I know, very exciting. Now we have three people listening to us. I'm very pleased. I hope more people enjoy it. Yes, me too. All right, we'll see you next time. Yeah, bye. Bye.